Here's everything you might have missed in The Last of Us, Episode 7. Welcome back to Nerdist News. I'm Hector Navarro, and I'm here to tell you to climb into the backseat because we're going to the mall. (laughs) The seventh episode of The Last of Us premiered this weekend, and this one might be the saddest one yet. I know I keep on saying this every single week, but this time I mean it until I see the next episode on Sunday, most likely. This episode, titled Left Behind, covers events explored in the Last of Us games expansion as well as comic books, and we're going to break down all of what happened along with all the references to the world of the game in just a second, because we want to give you a spoiler warning right now if you haven't had a chance to catch up. Watch the episode, then have a good cry, then come back to us to watch this breakdown. turn right, open the door, tell me when you're there. Go. Fine. If you'll remember, the previous episode ended with Joel in a bad place, and we're not just talking about Colorado. Oh, we're talking about getting stabbed through the gut by a baseball bat. And with the previews for this episode written by the game's creator, Neil Druckmann, revealing that it would be a flashback, we thought we might have to wait a whole extra week to see what happens to Joel, similar to how you played as Ellie for a while in the game before learning Joel's fate. But instead, the episode is bookended with Ellie trying to save Joel's life after dragging him to an abandoned house as Joel fades fast from blood loss. He tries to tell her to leave him, and as she turns the doorknob, we're in flashback land. Which makes sense because this bookended approach is also what players see when they fire up the downloadable content left behind. In that, the story is also right at the point where Joel is injured and Ellie has to decide to help him while we also get flashbacks to Ellie's past. In fact, much of this episode is lifted from that DLC. Back to the show, we've been hearing how bad Fedra schools are and we finally get to see it. Ellie gets bullied and gets into fights now that her friend isn't there to protect her. And after she sends Bethany to the infirmary, she gets a talking to from Fedra Captain Kwong. It's effective, and Ellie even seems to want to become a Fedra officer. This is inspired by the events in the American Dreams tie-in comic, which was a four-issue series by Dark Horse Comics that actually showed Ellie arriving at the Fedra school where she met Riley. Captain Kwong's keys also have the Naughty Dog logo on them, and hey, they made the game! Also, Ellie's Walkman is the quintessential Sony product, who, of course, also is behind the PlayStation. Synergy! Corporate Synergy! Ellie's room shows some of the interests we've learned about her. She has lots of posters to do with space, rockets, plus the films Red Planet and Inner Space. Her knife is perched next to, no pun intended's first volume, This Otter Be Good, by Will Livingston. We even see her read an issue of Savage Starlight. She also has a Mortal Kombat 2 poster in her room, and we'll later learn why she geeked out about the game so much back in Episode 3. Ellie's knife in the American Dreams comic was actually given to her by Marlene. Marlene reveals the knife belonged to Ellie's mother, and that Ellie's mom is the reason Ellie was in the Fedra school. Marlene took Ellie there for her to be safe. Back in the show, Ellie's music collection contains Etta James and AHA, and AHA and 80s music in general is going to be a theme this episode. But when Ellie's friend and roommate, Riley, scares Ellie by sneaking back into the room, we get some more info. Riley's been missing for three weeks, Ellie thought she was dead, but in reality, Riley's joined the Fireflies. Oh, f- you. Then Riley wants to bring Ellie out for a few hours for the best night of her life. How are you going to say no to that? It's better be good. It's interesting to see their differing points of view. Ellie has been convinced that Fedra is keeping society together, while Riley is convinced that the Fireflies can bring things back to the way they were. What side are you on? <laughs> There's only one right choice. <laughs> Don't pick fascists. 
After they're almost caught during their escape, we learn that Ellie got the scar on her eyebrow from the 7-Eleven situation. Me too, relatable. Riley also imparts the first of several important lessons that have shaped Ellie, that she can pick and choose which fights are important instead of fighting everything and everyone. After climbing seven floors in a building, the pair come across a dead body. It's a bit of a fake out, having appeared there and then falling through the floor. It's even possible he got those drugs from Joel. I need the bag back. They also snag a bottle of the good stuff from the corpse. It's great. Yep. So gross. Then Ellie asks if this is the first dead body Riley has seen, and Riley responds with, my parents, which Ellie knew but apologizes for forgetting. In the American Dreams comic, Riley actually describes what happened to her folks. Her dad turned and killed her mom, and Riley had to kill her dad. So this may also be what happened to the show's version of Riley, but we don't know for sure. In the game, the duo get alcohol from their friend Winston's tent after his death. Winston was living off the grid, not under federal rule, and befriended the girls in the comic American Dreams. He also owned a horse. Fun fact about Winston. In the show, Ellie also holds Riley's gun. She's just been after one of those things for forever. Can I have a gun? Absolutely no. not. So I was thinking I should no. pro- Oh, you're just gonna leave it. No. Dude. No. She also tests the waters as to Riley's personal life, jokingly asking if Riley is dating some Firefly dude. Riley shares that she was recruited by Marlene, who spotted Riley sneaking past Fedra guards. After a run across the rooftops, they sneak into the mall, which has been sealed off. If it's sealed off, then why isn't it sealed off? Ellie's crappy Fedra flashlight gives out, but that's okay. Riley surprises her with the fact that the building has power. And in full teenager fashion, Ellie seems pretty impressed by the mall. Riley wants to show Ellie the four wonders of the mall. Er, um, five, once you add the electric stairs. No way. Electric stairs? And AHA's Take On Me plays, which, despite its upbeat nature, foretells danger being an 80s tune. What's 80s? At the movie theater, there's a poster for Dawn of the Wolf Part 2. This fictional movie pops up in Sarah's room as a poster as well, and it's also just scattered around the game. Ellie's besotted with her friend, and it's so heartbreaking to watch the crush develop over the episode, knowing how it will end. She even passes a Things Remembered store because, hey, this whole episode is about Ellie remembering something that will inform how she treats Joel at the end of this episode in the present. The next wonder of them all is the carousel, another beautiful scene lifted from the game, with the carousel's music being a version of The Cure's 1987 hit, Just Like Heaven, to really underscore the joy and danger of the scene. What's 80s? Ellie tries to convince Riley to come back and that maybe they can make things better from inside Fedra. Riley reveals that Captain Kwong gave her sewage detail, so it's no wonder she ran away. Joel also accepted sewage detail in the first episode, so maybe Riley would have met Joel had she accepted the sewage duty. <laughs> sewage duty. From there, it's on to another wonder, the photo booth. Riley came prepared with a $5 bill. Ellie gets to keep the photo. In the game, this moment is actually a really cute mini game where you can choose which pose to take with Riley, along with photo themes like cool, friends, or love. Oh. The next wonder is Raja's Arcade, which they also go to in the game. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. The place is lit with a blue, purple, and pink gradient that is colloquially known as bisexual lighting since it mirrors the colors on the Bi-Pride flag, further cementing the queer themes of the episode. 
This is still before Ellie's first ride in a car, so we see her geek out pretending to drive a Daytona USA arcade cabinet. Riley and Ellie finally get to play Mortal Kombat 2. Oh wait, how do I play? Smash the buttons. And we see the fatality that Ellie brings up in episode 3. And then she swallows you whole and barfs out your bones. <sighs> in the game, they pretend to play a fictional fighting video game that isn't actually working. There, Riley describes the match to Ellie, accompanied with a button-pressing minigame to pull off imagined combos, and it's very damn cute. But meanwhile, back in the show, trouble is brewing over in the American doll store. And I'm not talking about their problematic dolls. I'm talking about an infected that has woken up. After Ellie wins a match and they come so close to kissing, Ellie tries to avoid her feelings by saying she's got to get home. Riley doesn't want the night to end, and she got Ellie a gift. Is it tacos? Ellie mentions two potential gifts that she also mentions in the game. One is a dinosaur, which is just silly and cute. The other is water pistols, which is actually a part of what Riley gets Ellie in the game, followed by another cute mini game where you play as Ellie going around a store trying to super soak Riley. The gift in the show is the copy of volume two, with two O's, of no pun intended that Ellie's been carrying around. They do not get the screenshot joke though. What are screenshots? I don't actually know. Gen Zers. <laughs> But then Ellie finds pipe bombs that Riley has been guarding for the Fireflies. This pushes Ellie away. She's been truly considering taking a leadership role in Fedra. And then Riley drops the biggest bomb of all. She's being sent to a Firefly camp in Atlanta, and this is her last night in Boston. No wonder Ellie is mad at Marlene when they meet. This puts Ellie into her defensive, everyone I care about abandons me mode, and she storms off. But she has a change of heart and runs to the rescue when she hears screaming. The f but it was merely the final wonder of them all, a display in a Halloween store. This scene mirrors the game. Ellie and Riley make up. They have a little dance party with some Halloween masks to Etta James' version of I Got You, Babe. Ellie asks Riley to stay, and then they finally share a kiss. For all of Ellie's wondering, it seems they were both on the same page all along. Uh, what do we do now? Remember that this is The Last of Us, so this is the moment where they're attacked by Infected. Ellie stabs it in the head, which is reminiscent of what she did in Episode 3 under the Cumberland Farms. And even though they fight off their attacker, both of the teens have been bitten. Now we intercut between the flashback and the present where Ellie doesn't abandon Joel but goes to look for supplies, raiding some drawers and cabinets, just like you do throughout the entire game. Ellie is pissed by how fate has robbed her, and like showrunner Craig Mazin said, she turns dark and violent, but Riley is quiet because she's experienced loss. Riley helps calm Ellie down and imparts another valuable lesson to her, that they're not going to give up, but keep on going, whether they last two minutes or two days. It's a touching end to their relationship. And Ellie even gets the non-existent option three that she asks about because she does the impossible and survives her infection. This is the part where we have to shout out the actors in this episode, Bella Ramsey as Ellie and Storm Reid as Riley, who deliver absolutely incredible performances that devastated us. Well done. This final lesson from Riley has stuck with Ellie because she's not going to give up on Joel either. She finds needle and thread, and the episode ends on her desperately doing her best to suture Joel's wounds. Ugh. And we were already excited for next week's episode in general, but even more so now that the previews have given us a glimpse at Troy Baker, who played Joel in The Last of Us game. What? But in the meantime, what do you folks think? What was your favorite reference in episode seven? What was your favorite wonder of them all? No way. Electric stairs? 
let us know in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, stay tuned to Nerdist.com.